Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And on this week's episode, we have Season 3, Episode 14, The Woman King. If we disinfect everything and stress hygiene, some people won't get sick, and uh, they won't need the medicine. Then shouldn't we get everyone in the showers? Especially the Sagittarius. We should make an announcement. No, no, we don't want to uh, single them out any more than we already have to. We'll have a riot on our hands. Now, if it were up to me, I would say just get the Sagittarius settled and then deal with the civvies that have already arrived. Huh. Well, at least you won't have to worry about having enough medicine for the Sagittarius. Yeah, most of them are going to refuse it. People are going to die. Well, we are finally back, Mr. Anderson. We're back. We're back to Battlestar Galactica. We're back in the fold. We're back to starting our inexorable march towards the end of Battlestar Galactica. Welcome back. What's up, buddy? Ah, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm me too. Pumped. Me too. We did a Get Chernobyl experiment. We did a five-week Chernobyl uh Hiatus. <laughs> a, a happy little jaunt down Chernobyl Avenue. Yeah. We a needed fucking to ch- knee slapper of a time. We wanted to cheer ourselves back up, so we came back to Battlestar Galactica, the show <laughs> about cr- where, where all these racists kill sick people. <laughs> Another just a happy go lucky time. <laughs> there oh, we go. Fuck. There is oh, some Soviet behavior in this episode, though. I cannot wait to discuss it. Wait, what's that? There's some Soviet behavior in this episode this week, and I can't wait to discuss it. But last time we talked, Matthew, we talked a lot about Gaius Baltar, about his uh, incarceration, about his uh, upcoming trial. And uh, no trial, though. Yeah, that is like a a barely touched storyline here, which uh, also, again, infuriatingly teasing me with a moment that I— Probably one of my biggest jaw-dropping moments of this entire fucking series happened in this episode. And I was like, that's it? You're just going to tell me he's a fucking Cylon and that's it? We're done? Moving on. Back to Hilo. You're talking about- Fucking fuck. Baltar? Head Baltar? Head Baltar? Head Baltar. Dude blew my mind. (laughs) I sat there slack-jawed like a yokel seeing a fucking shooting star for the first time. Just like no fucking way. You just confirmed it. Basically, right? Am I insane yet? I'm not saying a word. Fucking, ah, ugh. But it also, this is also one of the times where I don't, there have been a couple episodes in this season. It feels like it's been so long since we've covered them that I'm a little hazy on my memory. But there have been a couple episodes in this season where the 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 side story I was more interested in than the main story. And I was a little bit like, ah, fuck, I want to get more into that side story. And to be honest, as, as teasing and as massive as that little, little drop was, and I was very interested in what happens with Baltar and six and the trial, super looking forward to that. I was never for a second being like, oh, I don't want to get back to the Hilo thing. That's not interesting. Shit was super interesting. I mm-hmm. love the focus on Hilo. I love the main story of this episode. I, I, I was fucking hooked. Yeah, man. Well, we're 14 episodes in. 15. 15? 15? Maybe 15. Yeah. I, are we? Yeah. I no, we're 14 is... in. We're 14 in. This is 14. Well, I'm looking at season three, episode 13 here on the old Amazon Prime. The, the, you know why it says that? Because it counts occupation and precipice as one track. It's wicked annoying. <gasps> Get 
fucked Amazon. I That's Come why on. I almost I almost fucked up the the artwork for this because I was like, wait, do I have this? I put it wrong at first. And I was like, wait, this is wrong. I already have a 13. 13 is taking a break from all your worries. Those fucking dingleberries. Yep. Um, directed by Edward James almost, by the way, last episode we covered. Oh, shit. We didn't even talk about that at all, did we? I don't know if we did. We may have, but The Woman King is directed by Michael Reimer. And then after that, you have um, um, one, two, three, four, five, six episodes. That's it. Holy shit. And this season is over. And I don't want to get too spoilery, but you've got some frustration coming. In this season or the next? In this season, only in... It, we get it. We're gonna get a. We, we might get a tiny bit of the old Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones. A tiny bit of the old Walking Dead syndrome. <laughs> okay. We might be. We okay. might. We. Just, here, here's what I'll say. And and this is a tiny bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's a horrible spoiler. And okay. it's just gonna be. You kind of gotta be patient for the trial. Uh, okay. You get it. I'm honestly. I'm glad you told me that. I'm glad because I'm at that point of like, okay, so next episode's the trial, right? Right. Next time, we're going to get into it. It's going to happen. The okay. last two episodes right. of this season, Matt, are is a two-parter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I can handle. Now, I'll give you some uh, episode that's... titles. They're not really spoiler, but it goes, next is A Day in the Life, which you probably already know. Then Dirty Hands, Maelstrom, The Sun Also Rises, Crossroads Part 1, Crossroads Part 2. Crossroads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we are in the final season, dude, just like that. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. We're approaching the end of our decade long journey. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> well, without further ado, Matthew, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the BSG seat. It's good to have the BSG hat on. And, you know, I was listening to our um, Taking a Break from All Your Worries episode, and, and I thought to myself, I'm really happy about this program that we're doing. I'm really happy about the way it's going. I'm really happy that we will have, uh, we will have this thing. We'll have this really nice piece of like content out there. The entire, the entirety of Battlestar Galactica covered. That's true. That'll Pretty be cool. well. I guess outside of Game of Thrones, that'll be our first other. You know, it, well, hell, no, our it first sci-fi it show. Will, it will be our first completion. It will be our first. That's fucking cool, baby. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Damn. Because because Game of Thrones starts at like season five on the podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, shit. This is our first from first episode to completion mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Damn. And Aww. go figure. It's one that's not airing anymore. I mean, we did cover all of the leftovers. By the oh, way, if you are listening to this, and I and I've been meaning to do this, um, due to some computer errors once upon a time, and because I <laughs> I had an issue with an old feed, and that feed got fucked up. And those episodes are all gone. Now episodes of all my leftovers podcasts. So it's uh, it's called um, um, sudden departure. Oh that yeah, the, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. I don't remember the name of the fucking show. <laughs> I thought it was. I remember the artwork. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's sudden departure. It's not sudden departure. I don't remember <laughs> the name of it. <laughs> Welcome back to this fucking display of professionalism. No, but my point is this. Um, I had, we had a pretty awesome podcast and the episodes are gone. And you don't have any backups or archive? No. Uh, but a lot of people do. Ooh. Yes. People. Kind of crowdsource it. Yeah. So 
One of the cool things about iTunes on the on your desktop, which is what I do now, I subscribe to all our shows on the iTunes on desktop because it downloads hard copies of them, and then I take them out of that folder and put them in another one, so iTunes can't go in and erase them if I like unsubscribe. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, they're not there, but I know people download everything we do, and if you are listening to this and you have those, I need them, and you need to email me dnlibertystreetgeek.net. Remind me to do that on the um, science fiction film podcast as well. So like way more people listen to that and I need to, <laughs> I need to fucking see what I can do. Um, right. Yeah. It's, but what we're trying to say here is, uh, you want to be a hero? You want to be, be a fucking hero? It's your moment. Yeah. Person, person listening. Who's like, I have all of those on my computer right now. Right. Get in touch. It's really, it's a, it's a real bummer. Um, we covered that in its entirety, but we also kind of cheated because we just did recap, a recap for like season one and two, like, cause we came in late. Oh, I remember that. You know what yes, I'm saying? Like we, that, yeah. My, the long-winded point here is that we did a we did a leftover season recap one one episode, and then we did two episodes for season two, and then we covered all of season three. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Very nice. And um, nice. Yeah. It's sadly I don't know where it is. Unless there's an aggregator out there that actually puts them on something, I don't think there is. Because I'm looking now, like I can see it, like cataloged in places. But when you go to push play, it doesn't play. <sighs> yeah, it's fucking brutal. It's like a, such a tease. All the show notes are there, though, which is crazy that it hasn't been purged from these systems. But enough about that. Um, I, I will have to see if people have it. it. It's only ten episodes, eleven episodes, but I would love to have them back. Um, I do have hard drives laying all over the place. I might try to see if I can find them on there, but I am not confident that I will, um, which is really sad. Damn. So that's not going to happen to the BSG podcast because I will have backups of all this shit. I also am much better at that now. I'm much better at cataloging and, and using my folders and using the saving features and Adobe edition and all this other crap. So, um, <laughs> yeah, all that aside, Matthew, we've, we've, we've belabored long enough. We've done our pleasantries. We've said hello. We've talked a little bit about some things. Um, but I think it's now time that we dive into this episode proper. And um, yeah. I want your I want your overall top down thoughts on the Woman King. By the way, a very misleading title, no? Very misleading title. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of the an interesting... Woman Comma King. <laughs> exactly. Lowercase yeah. W. The Woman King. The King Woman. Um, yeah, man. I really fucking enjoyed this episode um and i and when i say that i also say it in the sense of i don't think it's up there with one of like the greatest episodes of the series so far it's a little filler but i think it's executed very very well um and i like it's pretty much singular focus with a little bit of the teasing towards you know six and baltar and and Rosalind considering what's going on you know and talking to all you know that whole situation gets a little bit of time but the real story here is Hilo having to do a very hard job and again being the lone fucking voice crying out that something's wrong and 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 how people are practically at the point of tuning him out and overcoming that and being the fucking person who stood up for truth. It's a pretty simple story. It's pretty straightforward with a pretty clear villain, but damn is it executed well and I just I dude, I fucking love seeing Hilo vindicated. I'm like hell yes. Also, but I don't know if I said this before. I can't remember our arrangement or where we put them. Number one on my beef report, man. King Beef. 
absolute solid fucking slice of man meat, fucking strong willpower, standing for truth, fighting for justice in the American way. I fucking love Hilo. Hilo kicks ass. Ah, it's so refreshing to get away from Apollo and his bullshit and focus on Hilo, a fucking real man. I like it. I like it where your head's at here. So as far as the beef re- beefcake report goes, Matthew, mm-hmm. do you want to know what the most expensive beef cut in the world is? Oh, do tell. Is it Kobe beef from Japan? It's close. Am I wrong? It's okay. Wagyu no Sumibiyaki. Oh, so it is Japanese. Hype. Wagyu okay. ribeye served with tehun aioli and daikon ponzu, a citrus-based sauce. The restaurant may be based on the informal pub-like izakayas of Japan, but there's nothing laid back about this dish. Then you've got the Japanese wagyu ribeye. And the first one is $136. Um, the wagyu ribeye is 144 but it's a little smaller. Then you got Kobe steak. Then you got Australian Wagyu sirloin. And then select spatial Kobe filet, charboiled Kobe filet, full blood. And the list goes on and on. I guess what I'm trying to say, Matthew, is that are you saying that it is very possible that Hilo is Sumibiaki? Mm, of the Galactica crew? I'm mm-hmm. thinking so, man. All right. I'm thinking so. Fucking top shelf beef. Good shit. Would you pay $136? Um... <laughs> maybe actually though for, right. the, for the best if you're straight up telling me this shit's the best in the world there's no finer fucking bite of steak yeah it might be worth it right that's fair to know to know yeah i might be on board with this but so anders is pretty to good too okay oh okay yeah <laughs> right anders is pretty good too as far as the beefcake report goes he's up there yeah no he's solid yeah solid beef Definitely. I, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I thought higher. I thought higher of Apollo for a long time, and he's slipping, man. He's slipped a couple couple places. It's the attitude. It's the fucking he, attitude. He needs an attitude adjustment. He really does. In my notes, Matthew, I wrote in giant capital letters at the end, vindication. <laughs> Beautiful. I, it appears we are, uh, we are on the same wavelength in terms of our feelings for Hilo. And I got to tell you, I hate everyone in this episode. Dude, I don't like any. Yeah, there now, was a that's moment- a problem with the episode, though, right? A, a little bit. A little bit. I, I, it's a little I, bit fabricated. It's yeah. It starts to push a little far. It pushes um, a little bit because I definitely had a moment where I was like, "Fuck it, I want Hilo to be the lone survivor and everybody else to die." Fuck, he's the hero. He's the only real hero left. Um, which you is get, like, you yeah, when you think about it, you're like, ah, but they they're not normally this bad. Slightly, <laughs> right. not terribly, but slightly. Don't you get to a point, though, where you expect the camera to sort of pan away from the action to a, a thin, handsome, smoking man who says, Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Hilo is experiencing. <laughs> because it almost becomes one of those, like, no one can see me. Can't you see me? Hello? And, <laughs> right, right. Right. It's like almost goofy to where everyone, nobody believes him. Right. And it's right. almost a little goofy. But that the, the, said, I, I like it. Now- Here's the benefit of the doubt I will cast to the episode. Um, let, why don't you say what you were going to say before I do my rant about the benefit of the doubt? Oh, okay. The only thing I was going to say counter to that is that I like some of the variants of people's reasons. Like I like Sharon's personal reason for like, why are you going after this so hard to kind of let it go of more being like, dude, we already are fucking scrutinized more than anybody else on this entire ship. Like, can we just, can we let one thing go? And I'm like, yeah, from her position, I kind of don't blame her. Um, it's not just like, a, I don't believe those filthy Sagittarians, like everybody else becomes just like a fucking horrible shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, now what happens, it. this is when they, you know, this is the first they came for the, right? It's true. He didn't want to compromise and uh, I, I dig it. But so what I was going to say was the benefit of the doubt here is the POV of Hilo. What I mean by that is this, and I don't want it to, I don't want to, I don't want this to get too, uh, you know, too out there, too cutesy, you know, uh, avant-garde film nonsense. <laughs> But sometimes the POV could also be Hilo's perception of what he believes he's experiencing. Mm, I see what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe if I want to give the art, if maybe if I want to give the credit a little more artistic merit than it most likely deserves, I could say something like, well, he just sort of believes this is, like his experience is that he's so persecuted and everyone, like he's overblowing it in his head, therefore we're seeing it because it's his POV kind of thing. Like, yeah, like he's primed to be on guard constantly. He's like hypervigilant kind of thing. Right. Like, hey, everybody's fucking, you know. Yeah. Right. In, I, in, I a, what you mean. in a more visceral and extreme type of example, I'll use the great film Desperado. So there's this <laughs> moment in Desperado where Steve Buscemi is talking about the guy with a guitar case full of guns. And as he's narrating the story in Robert Rodriguez slash Tarantino fashion, we see ridiculous guys being thrown across the room type of violence because it is him recounting the story, his perspective. Right. Giving it that larger than Giving life. Giving it that larger than life feel. Yeah. I'm not saying that's quite this, but if I want to give the benefit of the doubt and this is kind of a Hilo episode, I'll say that. I really would, I, I, I'm calling bullshit on myself, but I'm just throwing it out there for fun. <laughs> now that okay. said, I still do like this episode. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it again on a rewatch, um, but uh, and I, guess, I guess I like the theme, I like the tone. I do think some of the writing is a little bit off, like the way people behave. But generally right. speaking, I enjoyed this week's episode. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and again, like, cause I, I feel like part of it is it's just so focused. It, it, it's not there trying to do too much. That's a good way to see it. So it starts off with our boy Hilo, Matthew. He's unable to sleep. He's having a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Having his nightmares. He's having nightmares because he has a lot on his mind. So I like that we're in media res here. Yes, that the problem has been ongoing. And dude, I'm not going to lie. It's the first time in a little while. Maybe it's uh, the distance we've had since the last episode. But in the episode, you know, kind of like previously on uh, Battlestar Galactica, when they were like, oh, we're going to, you know, a whole like 300 Sagittarians. That might be more than Hilo can handle down there. I did not remember that happening. I was like, did that happen? Me neither. Me neither. Like that, that one, that felt new to me. But. Like you said, it does happen in media res in this episode. The crisis of all the the refugees and civilians is already upon them. They've been in it for you know, it looks like a couple of weeks. Yes, population is going to be increased by three hundred. They call him the mayor of Dogsville. It's going to be a bunch of Sagittarians. Hilo has a lot going on: a baby to raise, a wife, and some refugees to handle. And we go right to this camp where the Sagittarians are concentrated. You like what I did there? <laughs> concentrated all in one place. Yep. <laughs> Into a camp where they're all concentrated. And um, <laughs> assigned to their well-being is, uh, is Hilo. And uh, we meet clearly the bad guy from X-Men, right? <laughs> Indeed. The first X-Men. It, wasn't he Stryker? Is that who he was in X-Men? No, Stryker. Like a senator? No, he's a senator. That that's doesn't right. believe, and then he gets afflicted. Right. Oh, that's right. Fuck. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Oh, I got to look him up now. I know. Um, 
let's see. Toad, Sabretooth, additionally, Sean Ashmore, Peter Minerals, Bobby Drake, David, Tom DeSanto, X-Men. What the other? This came out in 2000, Matt? Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's rough. I know. <laughs> yeah, he plays a senator. Um, I'm on IMDb now. And um, Senator Kelly, Bruce Davison is this actor's name. Yeah, he's one of those people who's like, I've seen this guy somewhere. Yep. He always has that feeling. Of like, I've seen him in places. Yeah. He's Don't know his name. Dude, this guy works hard. He has announced pre-production, 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 post-production, 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 post-production com- completed, completed, completed. And he's like damn near 80. Jeez, I'm Bruce Davison Davis. and I'm fucking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing the X-Gene project. I don't know what that is, but... He seems to be done with the X-Men, but he's in another movie with X, which is hilarious. <laughs> Can't escape that shadow. Yeah, Senator Kelly is who he plays. And I'll never forget <laughs> it. He was such a bastard. He's such a... He just has like a soft-titted way about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Soft-titted, underhanded way. Exactly. Like, they're pushing too many pencils. Yeah. yeah. Even though well, even are. though Carl Weathers is beyond soft-titted. But... um. <laughs> Or not soft-titted at all, that's what I'm trying to say. He's ripped his Fucking shit. iron-titted. Iron-titted. <laughs> but, um, and uh, his name is Mike Robert, Dr. Mike Robert. He's a civili- civilian doc, according he to is. Duwala. He's giving people medical exams. And uh, we see that we are in a bit of a chaotic mess here. We see, as Hilo descends down into this, that he's a bit overwhelmed, Right, you know, because I mean, he's essentially the person coordinating all of this. The is things. his mission, his project. Right. He's in charge of this. He um, needs some that, staff. What's that? He needs some staff. He really does. And he needs Ty like to kind of him. get out of his hair. Right. Like <laughs> I'm doing this, not you, Ty. Go be, go do XO stuff. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And I mean, it really does seem like him, the doctor, and like a handful of Marines. Like, that seems like the only people handling this. And I'm like, that is way too much for that those few people to handle. Yep. Um, it's crazy. Because I mean, I like the way they, they frame it, the way they show him, you know, him being overwhelmed. Like, as these people are still streaming in, like, he cannot, he, he can't really even do more than greet them. He's just like, keep moving, just move along. Like, mm-hmm. move, get inside. We just have to get you guys inside right now. That's all we can fucking do. Yep, and he's given them cursory medical examinations. We learn that there's an outbreak. It's a bit chaotic. And we start to learn a little bit about the Sagittarians, and that is they have a bit of a problem with medicine. Mm-hmm. These damn Amish, I mean, uh, Sagittarians. I guess. Space Amish? <laughs> I guess. How does that yeah. even work in the future? Right? How have you guys made it this far? <laughs> There's a lot going on here, a lot of topical stuff here, a lot of vaccination talk, a lot of religious rights stuff going on here, and uh, I guess you could say genocide. (laughs) A little little bit. Just a pinch of genocide. Would you say it's like a side of peas, or would you say it's like some salt? You know, I... (laughs) I would say it's salt because it's not, it's a one man genocide, a one man secret genocide, not super effective. I mean, you know, it's talking about not vast numbers. Sure. He's just trying to, he's just trying to sprinkle salt and ruin every dish that he can, you know, he can. You're, it's not even totally ruined. You're just like, nah, that's too much. And I'll tell you what, too much. Well, it's what sometimes you got to cover up the, the taste of a bunch of fucking anti medicine Luddites, you know? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you got to, uh, you got to let a few go. 
for uh, to keep the fleet safe. What I'm trying to say, Matthews, I am on, I am on Mike Roberts' side on, <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Too much human rights. More salt. More salt. Ugh. Ugh. Human rights is just not suit my palate, Matthew. More, more genocide salt, please. <laughs> I need more salt on those human rights and scrape those civil liberties right off into the trash. <laughs> Don't need that shit. <laughs> That's a that's the doctor's way. But uh, this guy Robert, Doctor Robert, him and Ty have a past. He actually tells Ty to get out of here and Hilo. Um, yeah, and uh, that's kind of the way this thing starts off. I mean, it gets testy. I mean, people are clamoring around. It seems disorganized. And yeah. Hilo, we get this reaction shot on Hilo, Matt, and he is just like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" I'm like, holy shit! How I did I pull this assignment? How right, did I pull exactly. this assignment? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is rough. Um, but after a very you know brief examination, uh, Dr. Robert gives to this one young guy, and this is where we meet uh, Miss King. And Willie. Willie. Um, it, it's pretty apparent immediately that he is sick. He's afflicted with something. And right after the examination, he collapses. And that's when the doctor already, you know, Dr. Robert recognizes what this is, and that's why he's telling Ty, and he'll just like, you just need to get out of here, like go. Uh, because it's going to get bad. Um, he recognizes what we find out in the next scene, meloric sickness. Mm, meloric. Meloric. It's nasty. Spread through human contact, Mr. Anderson. Good news, Indeed. not airborne, but the whole st- the senior staff is meeting with this civilian doctor. Uh, confined Indeed. to the Sagittarons, he admits. That's good. Right. They're welcome to it, somebody says. Right? Is that tie? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. But um, Cottle basically says, "Listen, here's here's what here's how this works. Um, you, you take the shot; some sedatives alleviate the symptoms, and um, that's about it. We do have a limited yeah. supply of the medicine, so we need to inoculate after symptoms show. This is right. a civilian infection, doctor. So it's in your hands. Um, this is a bit of unrealistic writing to me." <laughs> that it's all civilian and they just kind of look the other way. I feel like this would be Coddle's purview in that they needed this doctor to be a bad guy, so they put 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 him in here. Mm, I see what you're saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like, sure, it, we don't know that. What, what, well, what happens if medical personnel get sick? It's, there's no such thing as on a spaceship, this is a, there's no such thing as you're on a military spaceship and this is a spaceship virus. This is a virus of people on a spaceship on military craft and it's not the military's concern. Right. That is, yeah, that, that was one thing that struck me as a little odd too. Cause I thought I'm like, I can understand them bringing in another civilian doctor to assist. Um, but I'm like, does doctor, like Cottle just has nothing to do with it. He's not in charge of the overall operation. Exactly. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, fucking Cedar Rapids, Idaho or some shit. You know, we're talking about, it's not a civilian place, I guess is my point. Right. And I mean, shit, if it's not a, if it's just a civilian operation, well, why is the military administering all of the fucking, the refugees, like, where they're staying and sleeping and all and those other things? There's kind of just no such thing as a civilian crisis. Right. Because you, 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 really you have a whole room of military people deciding what to do and then telling the civilian doctor what to do. So what are you talking about? <laughs> a little slipshod. A little slipshod. But right. we get it. We, we have to do a couple things for plot convenience to make this plot work. Once you get past that, it becomes more interesting. So you have to kind of get past that bullshit, which I'm yeah. willing to do. 
<laughs> this is just the laying out. All right, here's the parameters. Here's the, I mean, I, here's the rules I, of the episode. Here's the premise. And look, exactly. you, you got to wash your feet, Matt. Okay? Go you got to wash your feet. You got to wash your hands. You got to wash your dicks and pusses. Because <laughs> sexual contact could be a problem here. Here we go. And the Sagittarians are not opposed to scrubbing their dicks and pusses and feet and hands, we learn. They will do this. Right. Disinfect everything. Stress the hygiene. Some people won't get sick. And they won't even need the medicine. Because they, they, what they are also concerned about is they butasin, if administered to somebody who's even already sick and showing symptoms with this, if, it, if it's administered to them within the first 48 hours of the appearance of symptoms, you're totally fucking fine. Like, it, you, you will get past it. You will not be sick. It will not kill you. Um, but their supplies of you know, the butasin are limited, and they're already kind of concerned about, well, if this does spread past the refugee population and start getting into the ship, we, we would be pretty hard-pressed to have enough uh, butasin to treat mm, everybody. Indeed. And of course, Ty thinks they're a bunch of morons, because Cottle says something oh, yeah. about them not taking the medicine and religious tradition, and, uh, well, he calls them root-sucking morons, basically. <laughs> he does indeed. Ty ain't down with his stupid shit um but this this is also another small point of contention i have with ty nope i don't mind ty behaving that way but i almost feel like when you're on a military vessel under the circumstances you're under i'm sorry you have to break <laughs> your religious thing yeah it's it's a you're, yeah. you're it's you're talking about the very survival of the fleet at this point exactly Exactly. And that's where the whole issue of like, well, but this is my individual right. But your individual right poses a threat to all of our individual rights. So it's not, the argument's going to get real tricky you're, on You're in fast. a giant tube under military jurisdiction, more or less. I understand this is civilian government, but it's also right. a very extenuating circumstance here. Right, right. It's a tough spot. Now, I, I appreciate them attempting do what they can do in the meantime. Them being the the crew and, and everybody trying to figure out is there a way to handle this before that? Is there can we can we respect their individuality? Can we respect their rights, their religious rights, and see what, what we can do here around this? Right. Right. That's kind of the move. And I also think that as we know that Duala is Sagittarian, we also understand that that like anything involving human beings, there are varying levels of belief in this type of stuff. They just happen to sort of hit the jackpot with a bunch of, I guess you'd say, very fundamental Sagittarians (laughs) that really believe in this part of their culture. Exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, D, of all people, is is pretty much like, you know, oh, I go to the holidays, but I'm not, you know, a practicing uh, the Sagittarian belief. Mm. It becomes yeah. an issue where you also say, again, I don't want to keep picking up, picking on this, but it becomes a thing where it's like, okay, the flagship, the Battlestar Galactic, we know we have a civilian fleet. Why are they all coming here, number one? Number two, were they told, if you come here, you have to follow our protocol. That protocol may interfere with your individual rights. We're not saying we're taking your individual rights away, but what we are saying is that if you come here, you have to follow our policy. If you don't want to come here, that's fine. You can mm-hmm. seek refuge on a civilian ship and go from there. Like, it almost seems like, is this a, you know, is this a problem? Is this a, right? <laughs> anyway, a lot of hot button stuff, on, right? Fucking immigration. Oh, yeah. Vaccines. In, in deep. That's all kinds of stuff going on in this one. Indeed. 
But then we also get the next little setup of uh, the real hints that Dr. Robert might not have a very high opinion of the Sagittarians. Ah, you smell that shit. It's what they use as a calmative. Mm. And Hilo's like, does, well, does it work? And he's like, I don't know. They're all Half of them are going to die anyway. <laughs> Especially when I kill yeah, them. Like, oh, <laughs> right. Exactly. And now we move over to Colonial One, Matthew, and we are, are going to meet Comrade Roslin setting up her Soviet trial. A tribunal of judges will hear evidence against him. He will be proven guilty, right? <laughs> All right, Comrade. <laughs> like, wow. So really, just no actual, a complete sham trial. Yeah, right? Trumped up on false charges, persecuted. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I took away from the scene. But I have a feeling you probably took away from the scene what was supposed to be taken away from the scene, which is Zarek's fear. Tell me about it. Dude, and well, this is what I was fucking talking about on the last episode. Of mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like the dangers of the trial are the fucking public uproar and the civilian fleet losing their shit, and basically everything that Zarek says of like you're gonna have assassination attempts, you're gonna have people, you know, a partisan separating of of everybody's beliefs and everybody coming to grinding the whole workforce to a halt. That everything is going to violence. Exactly, all this media shit is going frenzy. To break Indeed, I believe. And <clears throat> as much as as much as uh, fucking Rosalind does not seem to give a shit about actually uh, the real civil rights of Baltar in the situation, one of the things I do like about her interaction with uh, with fuck, I am fucking up his name so bad. I almost called him Zaltar. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is Zaltar? Zaltar. He is the god of Gaius Baltar. No. Uh, but Zarek, uh, what I like about her her interaction with Zarek here. Holy shit! You know, do you know who Zoltar is? Oh shit! What? Zoltar is the fucking machine in Big. Oh my god! Yes. That's why my fucking brain <laughs> congealed around that weird fact. That's the machine that makes child rape possible in that movie, <laughs> which I'm really looking forward to talking about someday. Put that on the list. I'm putting that on the oh, list right now. Man, keep Big. talking. I got to update the movie list. <laughs> but shit uh, but no what I like about her interactions with Zarek here actually comes back down to one of the things I really like about Rosalind that you know Zarek has been a rival to her Zarek has undermined her she has not trusted him for a, most of this show and that's only started to change recently but I like that her reaction to him basically shooting down her idea and saying this is going to be a fucking disaster and this is really dangerous she doesn't go, I don't know what he's on about, or, or start to disbelieve him or question anything, she cuts right to, he's genuinely scared. Mm. I've never seen him like that. And like she actually takes the time to real like, he means this. Maybe not for the reasons that I uh, know yet, but he is genuinely frightened by this this whole idea. Like she's she's uh, it's almost like she's fucking Terminator scanning him for his um, real emotions. Um, and I find that I think that's always an interesting quality in her that she sees that more like basic truth in people. So let me ask you a question. You said that. Wh- why do you think? Forget what, what you said. Let me just ask you directly. Mm. Why do you think Zarek thinks this? And now that that I cannot quite decide. There's a part of me that goes, he means just means it in exactly what he says of like this will be such an uproar and everything's already so tense and there are, you know we already have a refugee crisis. We already have all this shit happening and this just looks like a, a fuse that's going to light up a big fucking barrel of dynamite that might genuinely fuck up the fleet. 
But there's another part of me that goes, he's afraid about his interests being damaged by this, and I don't know what those interests fully are yet. Because, I mean, this is, after all, Tom fucking Eric. <laughs> and he's a sly, underhanded devil. Can't well, just outright trust him. He is the vice president, and he did suggest that she declare martial law, which, which could be an underhanded way to get her to commit political suicide. Mm, indeed. Right. I've always wondered to myself, after seeing this episode many years ago, what is he so afraid of? Is it because of the polarizing nature of Gaius Baltar? Does he believe that there will be staunch support for Baltar and staunch opposition to Baltar? Is Baltar sort of becoming in the public's eye this sort of polarizing Trump-like character (laughs) where there's this chasm between those who are pro and those who are anti type of thing, right? Is it, is it that level of, is that what it is? Is it because he's so polarizing and, and it, and that should he, if he, you know, and why I called her comrade Soviet Rosalind is because she's saying he's going to be found guilty. Here's what's going to happen. Like it's almost like she's decided she's predeciding in her head instead of doing what she should be doing, which is saying, well, he's going to get his fair trial. And, uh, and uh, we will see what happens. It's like right. she's, she clearly wants something to happen. Now, Indeed. in her defense, it's yeah. behind closed doors with trusted advisors. She's not saying this publicly. <laughs> That'd be a little bit different. But I wonder, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it the concern that there will be so much animosity towards him that... It, it's funny, when there's so much animosity towards somebody, it sometimes causes people to reflexively go, this, something's wrong here. Mm, true right why is everyone in a frenzy over this person i want to look a little deeper and see if there's like some reality here yeah you know that's an interesting point i think i think especially with baltar that people know so little about him in a lot of ways even though he's such a a public figure but i think people don't know the truth about him and he was so especially with the whole new caprica situation he was so hidden away like people knew to hate him and they blamed him for things because he had his name on all the shit that he signed but people he didn't go out in public and I, I, he's sure. become this like mysterious figure um which i think only adds to that that only makes he that was more a target volatile. we know the resistance targeted him so we do yeah. know that he was a public enemy number 1 I'm sure that's something Zarek is concerned with. And, and, and maybe he isn't. Maybe he's just play acting and tricking Laura into thinking he has concern for this. So she will make the wrong move. I mean, I think martial art is a terrible idea. I think it would hurt her. And I think Zarek knows that. But no, that's me speculating. All that aside, I think I think he was the target of assassination attempts. He was, and, and I think if he gets up there... Uh, by, Baltar is very manipulative. He's very good at playing people. He's got a lot of charm. Last time he was on a goddamn stand, he won the presidency. <laughs> there you go. You know? That is true. And I think there's also, if I'm thinking, you know, the way Zarek thinking, I, I think he might even be imagining that you've used up your public goodwill in the situation with new Caprica after like kind of issuing that pardon for people who were involved on, you know, the Cylon side and, and and kind of trying to like put bury the hatchet basically, which I think was the right move, but that might be like the final, like other people who are still pissed off about this and feel like that, that justice wasn't done and things are still kind of in the air. If, if Baltar himself is paraded out, 
in on a trial and if there's any chance that he could be found innocent or or anybody uh, even guilty. standing up to def- yeah anybody standing up to defend him like his fucking lawyer would be targeted uh and even though with the way fucking Roslyn's making it sound like there wouldn't be a lawyer for him um but yeah i could see him being like that you've already used up people's patience on this topic baltar's enemy number one in their minds and it's also a frightening proposition to try a man like Baltar versus even say Zarek because, yeah. because Baltar is slippery as shit. And there has to be concern that if there is a trial and that it is public, that no matter what, he's going to get support. Right. He's good at right. that. That's his whole fucking deal. When, when, when put under pressure, he reacts. And he got put under pressure in the presidential debates and he won. <laughs> there you go. I mean, against an in- I mean, obviously 40, whatever in line of succession, but still, man, it's a risk. It's a risk to put by, to, to put a camera on him, to give him an audience is very risky business for Rosalind. So yeah. I get her fear, but sometimes I'm wondering what Zarek's up to. I guess I'm always wondering what Zarek's up to. So, yeah, same. That's what, that's what actually makes this more complicated. Cause I'm like, there's a part of me that thinks like what we've been saying is just that he sees more of the possibility of this getting out of hand for one for public violence, but also with what Baltar might be capable of, what he might say that they don't know he knows. Mm. Um, but then the other side of it is that I'm like, ah, Zarek might have his hand in a pot somewhere too that we don't know about yet. Like it is Zarek. <laughs> I never fully know. Right. Um, things are heating up for Hilo. He has non Sagittarians saying, send them away, complaining about them. We're not sick. Right. I'm calling them sags. Damn sags. Fracking sags. Sags. <laughs> They're a medical risk. Um, we learned the sick kid in the beginning dies. Of course, Mrs. King reports this. Indeed. And this and to a very impatient, angry, tired uh, Hilo who in well understands. Done. What's that? And well done. <laughs> well done well, by Tim O'Penniket, well right? Yeah. No, he's he, fucking great, man. He, uh, I, this episode... A bottle episode, sure. A little cheesy, sure. I think he does a great job in it. No, I agree. I think he's he's fucking killer. And I, I very much believe in his exhaustion and still his ability to, I'm not going to cave under my exhaustion. His I'm stress. Gonna, right, his stress. Like I, I'm going to still aim for the right thing and even be respectful in these moments when he's talking to to Mrs. King. I'll tell you, Matt, I'm re-watching um, Sopranos. Oh yeah, and I'm in like the third season, and I was just rewatching some second season episodes with uh, Lynn and Nate, friends of the show. Obviously, these guys know Nate if they listen to bonus content. But um, I, uh, I I have such a new appreciation for the performances in that show because so much is going on in it, and one of them is just observing the stress that James Gandolfini can do so well as Tony tried to manage his family in in the various different stressors on him from his work to his family. And it's something I see a lot more in that show now than I used to before. I was just like, Oh, it's cool. They say funny stuff. You know what I mean? But there's so much more. It's so much deeper than that. And really seeing James Gandolfini do that very, very well. He's a fine was RIP, a fine actor. And, um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying Tamo Pennicott is James Gandolfini. He isn't, but, but it made me, it's well-timed this episode because of seeing that with Tony Soprano, the Tony Soprano character in The Sopranos and now seeing it here with him, this like watching him just be so frustrated, but still trying to keep it together and try not to blow his fuse and, 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 and just navigating the stress 
on top of trying to make the right ethical decision. And it's challenging when you're stressed and you're tired. Sometimes you compromise morally because it's easier to be lazy in the moment. Right. And, and, exactly. and that's the true test at the end here with Sharon, which we'll get to. But but I like seeing that here. I like seeing him wear it. And that's 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 the, one of the hidden gems of this series is this episode and his performance in it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Soma like, braid, man. Didn't save him, did it? Wait, what's that? The Soma braid didn't save Willie. Didn't save him. Uh, and this this is such a great scene for exactly what you were you're talking about. If Hilo's, you know, Tamo Pinnacott's performance, because he starts out stressed, exhausted. This is she is probably the fiftieth person he's talked to mm-hmm. at this desk just now, and he's like, okay, okay like like I'm sorry that your son died, but if you don't treat the disease, it's fatal, okay? Didn't have to happen. He's like already at the assumption, which you can't blame him for, but at sure. the assumption that you're a Sagittarian, so you refused the medicine or you took it too late. You know, you, you came around too late and he died, and I'm sorry. Uh, and the allegation comes out that no, he was killed. Indeed. Miss King says we did. he was only showing symptoms for 12 hours, and he was given what was supposed to save him, and he died. That doctor killed my son. Point blank, she says it. Yeah. She's convinced Hilo is a bit dubious. Right. And this moment, and you can't blame him. Like, and he mm-hmm. even says, no, ma'am, he died. He died because he needed that medicine. You know, and he tries to just maintain this balance of I'm trying to be respectful to you and I'm sorry you lost your child, but I trust our doctors and I trust that they did the right thing. Um, and when she walks away, you can see it sitting on him. He you considers it, yeah. He's really thinking on that of like, well, Fuck. I mean, you can't just, you can't ignore an allegation that strong. Like you have to at least like, okay, like I need to talk to, I need to look into this. And that's another thing uh, done very well uh, by Hilo, of course, more specifically the, uh, the, uh, the Tamo Pennicut actor is this growing suspicion on his face, the way his look will linger on people. He's not sure about, especially Dr. Robert. Um, as the episode progresses, and I just yes. think it's awesome. It's very well done, and and of course the the Doctor Robert guy, this uh, Bruce Davison, is a fine actor himself. Obviously, he's been in a lot of shit, um, and he does a good job. But I do like this. I do, you know, we go right into it. We lost a three year old. Uh, parents were not open to treatment. Of course, he is like, listen, I got some questions, and he claims that the the boy was symptomatic for three days beforehand, meaning Willie. He then demands Hilo take his shirt off so he can be vaccinated. And I like the growing tension with this. I like the yes. fear that this makes us feel. That. Yes, this is what I was talking about as far as just the execution of this episode and watching Hilo's suspicion grow and have these these moments where even we as the audience kind of get that, uh, should you? Like, ah, mm-hmm. should you? I don't know. Because, I mean, if this shit is true, is he now going to poison the guy who's on to him? <laughs> right. if, if that's happening. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic slight tension that grows. Meanwhile, nobody else is working on the Galactica. Nobody. Bunch of lazy layabout sacks of shit. Nobody's and working. It, that's right. Data, I mean, they talk not about working. In- increased cap patrols and all this shit, but all we see is a bunch of jabronis walking around the hallways and fucking hanging out in the bar drinking and throwing balls. Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm Hilo, I'm, I'm like, hey, guess what? You're coming with me now. Right. I'm going to, dude, if I'm Hilo, I'm pressing rank. I'm like, I'm a, <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm a fucking captain. So you're a couple of you, you're just fucking coming with me and I'm putting you on this duty. You're fucking doing it. That's an order. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he just starts rearranging the duty roster. 
<laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm I'm not being the cool guy anymore. Is what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> I'm Colonel, no longer Colonel cool. Ty. I'm rearranging the duty roster. All right, all right. Just all right, break I'll let the old man know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, they're all kind of goofing off, and um, we don't get much here other than Tyrrell making some religious freak jokes. We know about his religion because of his past, so he probably has this reflexive thing against it. And um, and that's when we realized he's Sagittarius, in that we have kind of this. She's like, "Oh, it's cool. I get it." And they are kind of. It's kind of crazy, right? It is. It's they're pigheaded and argumentative, and medicine is an abomination. They think, and she's like, "I get it. It's fine. You don't offend me, right?" Which right. I like because fucking Lee coming over with his white knight bullshit. God, he sucks. Cool it, Chief. You're offending my girlfriend because she can't stand up for herself, dude. Come on. Number one, uh, it's Tyrrell. Number two, Dewalla can handle it. Shut up. Also, Tyrrell seems to be uh, hitting the bottle pretty hard He's, sma- He's smashing that thing. Fucking smashing it up. Tough I'm like being a parent in, in running a deck. I know. Tough running Fuck. a flight deck and, 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 and you, you know, you got a cult wife. And then you got a baby. It's tough work. <laughs> and, and you see, once again, I gotta say, I know you. I know you love Chief, and I love Chief too. At the end of the day, but there's my reason right there. He's he's fucking lower on the beef report list. Oh, I got a wife and a baby, and it's hard to balance. Fucking Hilo's got a Cylon wife and a half Cylon human baby, and he's managing a refugee crisis single handedly. Fuck you, whiner. Get wow. out of the bottle. Fucking <laughs> Hilo's the only real man here. Not bad. Um. <laughs> And, and not unwarranted, not unwarranted. I will say that um, the chief has uh, he's been getting a little lazy. He needs to step oh, up his really? game. I mean, Where's, Adama's got to come down here and crack the whip again. He, he was like. un, he was invaluable for much of the series. We know this. We saw him on the deck. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Top He'll never slip out of top ten, but he's uh, he might he might trickle down a little bit. He's uh yeah he's a he's a he's he's a, he's top tier leadership material, but he is slipping as of late. That's true. True. Him and Apollo. They get their fucking acts together. Yeah. I'll still take Tyrrell over Apollo. But anyway. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> so after this kind of nonsense, also racetrack and smash. <laughs> smash. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious, but. Smash. Oh, I got an Indy 500 here. Do you know what they smash? Smash, 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 smash. Wow, that was really stupid. Um, really dumb. <laughs> six and six and Sharon chat. Let's talk about it. Oh man, fucking hell! We I almost forgot about the incarceration of six because she helped get Sharon. Like she left with Sharon. Right, right. Killed the killed the. I guess it was the. Oh boy, it's already confusing again. The Caprica Boomer. No, no. Sharon on board is the Caprica Boomer. <laughs> right <laughs> fucking hell this fucking show man jesus uh, i love it i love it but it hurts me <laughs> it hurts me every time it hurts my brain um but anyway yeah no she had killed the b- bad sharon okay she killed bad sharon before bad sharon was gonna kill the baby naughty sharon. Uh, <laughs> naughty naughty mm, naughty sharon um, hey. killed bad sharon comes aboard the galactica and is immediately imprisoned because of course uh but if, and good sharon <laughs> <laughs> comes on down and just wants to thank her for what she did and, and is checking in on her treatment. And out of fucking nowhere, 
we get the tinkity tink tink tinkity tink of some head six music with a fucking ghost baltar. And I, I cannot stress enough that I genuinely like jaw drop. Like, oh my god! I, I, I either either Baltar is a Cylon, or Cylons can also be insane and hallucinate their lover. I, I mean, which is, I guess, not impossible, but seems like a stretch. I mean, how many other possibilities can there be? I don't know. <laughs> you fuck. You do know, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's so uh it killed me though. It killed me. Because this scene, dude, is also fucking brief. I mean, we there's there's not much here, especially with Baltar. But what he really goes on to say is why are you trusting these human beings with your care? Like, why did you come here? Sounds like a Cylon to me. Mm. Oh God. It's 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 amazing, and of course, I mean his the best bit. I mean, if we're gonna go ahead and say, which we we still can't for one hundred percent sure say yet, but for the the sake of this scene and the discussion about it, if we're gonna go ahead and say that Baltar is a is a Cylon and has this connection with the Six model, and they influence one another, as we've seen Head Six do to our boy Baltar, if he is a Cylon. He gives a very Baltar as a Cylon piece of advice of, you need to be thinking about yourself. <laughs> That's the key to being a human being, and that is Baltar as shit. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I hate it because I don't know, but I love it. Yeah. I'm That's... trying to remember if we've seen this before. I thought we did. Do we? I, man... I, I feel like we have seen six fantasize about Baltar before, but I don't feel mm-hmm. like we've ever seen with it like with with a six talking to another person in a room have a hallucination that she's of Baltar that she's trying to like ignore like, like the way the way head six treats Baltar. I don't feel I I don't remember a scene like that. Yeah, I don't either. To be perfectly frank, but I feel it's weird having seen the series and seen some episodes more than once and then going back and watching it and sort of having, again, false memory. That's the problem with memory. Totally. So I don't want to speak too much about it. Um, So I'm just kind of going to leave it alone to be perfectly. (laughs) Can't touch it. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Right. Right. Well, he goes on here to to further play with her and say a little more about that she wants to be human. That's what he he postulates that you want to be human, which is another fucking bizarre twist of the story because what we've seen lately is Baltar kind of wishing to be a Cylon. Hmm, interesting you should say that. Ah. Ah. It's uh, it's fucking it's tickling my brain and I don't know what to do with it. Here's what we do know, Matthew. We do know that Six and Baltar are inexorably connected. Absolutely. They have, they have is- some sort of connection, no question about it. And um, mm-hmm. they, they kind of have their own rule set as far as the established rules of everything we've seen in the show go. Right. That's the one thing I will say about this show. Yeah, they are deaf. I mean, they are inarguably tethered because, I mean, this is not even the, the same six model that he's interacted with, mm-hmm. uh, except for when he was aboard the Cylon ship. It, it seems right. like this is something. This is something among the six models. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, other parts of this conversation are interesting. Is basically Sharon saying, listen, cooperate with these people. And, right. and almost like you may end up having to testify against Baltar. I think she kind of hints at. 
In other mm-hmm. words, give them what they want, especially right. regarding him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a smart thing of Sharon to say to remind her to a, in a light, gentle way that they will just kill you. <laughs> they will just airlock you. Don't fight them too hard on this. Just kind of fucking go with the flow here. Yep. There's a trick to being human. You have to think only about yourself. Mm-hmm. Very cool. There we go. And boy, back on down to the situation getting only worse uh, in the, the refugee camp. Of, of the Battlestar Galactica. He's trying to kill us, stay back. Yeah, in media riot, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, killed my, they killed my father, and, and uh, Hilo shoots old Doc a look here, like, whoa. He has to draw his pistol to calm this thing down. People are getting jostled about. Oh, yeah. The Marines finally move in and sort of kind of help secure this a little bit. And this is, uh, I love the way Hilo, I mean, Hilo has a, a honest to God, like detective aura about him in this episode that I really enjoy mm-hmm. too. Of the way, the smart way that he questions the doctor. Where he, because we find out what happened with this, the, the, the reason they're all in an uproar right now is that another Sagittarian uh, died uh, in the night and it was an old man. This guy's father, who was kind of leading the charge of the refugee riots. Um, and Hilo's first question is, well, I thought we were rationing, and and exactly this person you said like wouldn't need it, uh, and he's like, oh well, you know, the old man was screaming in pain in his bed, so I just went over there and, and gave him one, mm-hmm. and he's dead now. <laughs> yeah, which again, the 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 craziest part of this whole thing is how he keeps trying to wave off. I gave them the thing that cures it, and they just died. I don't know. I guess it was too late without their like, consent. Without their consent. Did it, and, you know, supposedly in this man's sleep, even though he was screaming in pain? <laughs> a lot, lot of things don't add up. Yeah, story's getting wobbly. And when, he, and when the rationing comes up, he basically says, well, everybody's different. I mean, it's a real shit answer. Pretty shit answer. Yeah. It's a non-answer. It's right. not an answer, to be honest with you. Because he said, yeah, that's what he pins him down on, where he's saying it's past the 48 hours. And if the disease has already progressed past 48 hours— giving them the butassin wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. and it would actually just be a waste of the drug. And that's what they need to ration. Yeah. And with this guy's symptoms and how far progressed he was, he was like, well, why would you bother giving it to him? Yep. And all I can say, well, it's not exact, you know? Now we get a very frustrating scene. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Is so, this the one for you? Yeah, Hilo reports to Adama and Coddle and Ty are there. And essentially the dialogue goes like this. Hilo says, the doctor's version of when he administered the drug greatly differed from that of Miss King, the woman, King, when they don't know who she is. Her son showed symptoms, and she took him for treatment, and he still died. The other case, Robert treated a man without his consent, and then Kyle interjects and says, that's something we should have been, that should have been done, and the D's would be gone. But now we're trying to respect their customs. And Hilo interrupts him and says, that's the point. He didn't respect them. People are dying under his care. To which Cottle rebuttals by saying, people die under my care. Hilo says he thinks Robert's killing people point blank, and Ty does not like that at all. Yeah. To which Hilo says, even if I am wrong, I am concerned he created a situation down there. It's bad. And that's when Adama just gets up and says, we have guys in custody and overcrowded ship in an epidemic. Lay off the unfounded accusations. <laughs> so... With Adama, I see where he's coming from as far as we have a whole lot of crisis-like situations happening right now. This is not the only thing. But I do find it weird that he's just like, do your job. I don't like can it. You, can you do your job? 
I'm like, he's bringing this to you because he's concerned that, that for one, that the situation's getting worse and that it's out of his control already. He's doing his job, you fucking officious, pock-faced jerk-off. <laughs> I love Adama, you know, I'm just fucking around. Um, but but he fun. is doing his job. What you should say is continue your investigation. I look forward to whatever evidence you can produce. Right. Right. And support I know your in officer, scene too, I don't support I, your officer. Right. Right. And I mean, and again, hell, kind of like the fucking situation with, with Rosalind in the trial of like, you can't just pre decide the outcome either way. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. what you're saying, if any of this is even remotely true, is a very serious allegation. You're essentially accusing the doctor of murder. That's incredibly serious. And it, you can't just say that without anything backing it. So go and find us some more evidence. If that if that is the case at all, you need to prove it, and then we will handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't I don't mind Ty getting a little pissed off, you know, because it's already established that that he's friends with Doctor Robert, sure. and I don't mind him getting a little pissed off at the when when Hilo kind of you know the one time where he flinches a little bit uh, as far as like getting frustrated and is like, well, he's killing people, and he's like, that's mm-hmm. out of line mm-hmm. to just say you don't know that for sure quite yet. That's an accusation, but right. we don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, and I, I even understand Coddle saying like, look, people die under people's care. Like I get that, but I almost feel like it's almost like everyone got together and said, let's really bust his balls here. Right. Do you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. Everybody has the same reaction to Hilo. It's almost too, too much for me. Yes. And I, and I, the same, what bugs me about it is that the same way they're all like accusing him of like, oh, you've just already decided that this doctor's conspiring and hurting these people. That's ridiculous. You need to stop just assuming that. And I'm like, you're just assuming that that he's throwing a random allegation out for no reason. Like he's like making yes, it up. Correct. I, like, I, I, yes. And, 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 yeah. All assumptions are not created equally. Right. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> they, they're, I mean, engaging, they're engaging in the same, to be frank, if you want to say that he's engaging in some sort of fallacious behavior, then so are you. Any assumptions in any direction or, or whatever, right? I guess you could say you could assume people are innocent until proven guilty, so to speak. But if he has suspicions and he's an officer that you've given rank and responsibility to, and he's a trusted member of the fleet, then shouldn't you give him some sort of support in this and say, look, I understand you have your concerns, Hilo. We obviously need some evidence. These are very serious allegations. We're, we're going to need some hard evidence here. Keep your eye on them. Keep us posted. What do you need? Right. Right. And that, there's a Don't just run wanted- down the hallway saying it. That's irresponsible. <laughs> right. Build a case. Part of, me, part of me wanted Hilo to press them for fucking more help, a fucking assistant, somebody to help monitor the doctor for a little while mm-hmm. or something. But I think he was just all he's a grumpy boy at this point. He had a bunch of he had a bunch of old dudes just grill his ass. What what you did say, and I don't want it to I, I don't want it to get lost in all the other dialogue we're having here, but what you said I really liked, which was um when you compared it to Rosalind's assumption of Baltar's guilt. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You have on the one hand uh, lots of assumption going around in this episode. It's kind of interesting. Cool. I mean, I understand that the Baltar thing is very much just a one-line, one-note thing to remind us, oh, yeah, they're supposed to do that trial we're all desperately waiting for. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is it is similar. It's interesting. Yeah. Themes of assumption of guilt. There's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more uh, potential evidence against Baltar at this point, but, um, but the point's made, which is we don't really know anything yet. But there's uh, right, right, and that, I mean, and honestly, yeah, it's almost like the opposite, though. Of like, they Correct. just presume the doctor's innocence. Correct. Where you're like, ah, oh, well, he just could never. 
I'm like, well, he wouldn't say it for no reason. <laughs> like, what does Hilo have to gain by fucking sabotaging his doctor? That's the other thing, too, that drives me crazy. Is right. That, is that right there? What do you think is motivating Hilo? Do you think he's wrong? Do you think he's misbehaving? You, you can't just say unfounded allegations. I mean, what do you think he's doing? Why do you think he thinks this? And I guess this gets into the larger question that the episode is trying to posit if that's the right word or is that the right word which is i think so the 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 perception of hilo by the senior staff yes yeah because he is always on this other side of things and so much of it has to do with the way he feels about sharon but who's down in the goddamn lock who what has sharon been other than invaluable to this crew which hilo always believed in her and now everyone kind of understands it everyone accepts her so now what right right like even the most trust Hilo for fuck's sake. For once, I mean, shit. Even the most begrudging Cylon hater, mistrusting person aboard the ship has to admit, just based on the facts at this point, like, well, yeah, she has been useful, and she hasn't yeah. fucked us over. Like, yeah, she had. That's it's true. They they were both correct. Mm-hmm. Give them some credit. Yeah. And by the way, that was Chief Tyrrell that killed that rapist man. <laughs> although he, although although Hilo is there too, throwing punches. Oh but. yeah, oh yeah, clearing the deck for him. That was a good time. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> Admiral Kane didn't like it too much. <laughs> Neither did her guy. He had some crazy name like Scar or something, right? Of course. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> well, boy, does Ty just lay it out further in the following scene? Thorn was it? Thorn. Sorry. The- Wait, what's that? It was Thorn. I had to know. Thorn, right? <laughs> Thorn's the raper. Go figure. Thorn. Scar. Un- unwanted spike. sticking. Unwanted stabbing. <laughs> Not that I mean to uh, diminish such a thing, but you know what I'm saying. Shard. Anyway, you were saying? Anyways, <laughs> I just, Ty laying it on even further, following fucking Hilo out into the hallway, just just to tell him that you may as well take whatever credibility you have left to chuck it out of the airlock. Come on, dude. Jesus, Ty. Ty kind of pissed me off thick. here, and when he got decked, I was like, fuck yeah. I do. This episode this was- is really complicated. I feel like I am Hilo watching this episode. Yes. Going against all my favorite friends. Right. right. That's it's like part a micro of what I like about it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I fucking, I'm right there with you, Hilo. Me too. In I, it lo- with you. I loved when he pops Ty. Dude, I, this fucking scene, this is one of those scenes where the, I was thinking, I'm like, I hope he just fucking pops him one. And when he did, I was like, fuck yes. Like, hell yes. <laughs> Good old Hilo. Gonna deliver. And, I'll, and to be honest, my favorite part about the scene as far as Dude, Ty goes wait for is it. him just standing up, spitting it. Ah, you goo, give a frack what your, think, what your friends think. Good for you. The most gangster line, one of Ty, Ty's had many gangster lines, but one of the greatest ones as of late is when he just says, you better have the duck, take a look at your hand. <laughs> Dude, he punched <laughs> you. That's so gangster. Dude, that's fucking gangster as <laughs> shit. That's so Ty. <laughs> Might have. Might have broken one of your little bitch fingers. Did you break a nail in my face? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Even when I hate him, I love him. I know. He's great, dude. I he's love Ty. So good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ty has had has been cantankerous since his event. 
Oh, real cantankerous. He's been real tough. We have to remember (laughs) that. We're still in this. Who knew having to kill your traitor wife made you such a grump? So wait, 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 Dean. What you're saying is poisoning your wife and having your eye popped out with a spoon is going to make for an ill-tempered stint? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just (laughs) feeling grouchy. (laughs) Not all of us. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though. He's really, you know, grown into his one-eyedness. He's just Mm. really fitting that character. Yeah. Fucking got that leather patch. And and Ty's not being objective because it's his buddy. Exactly. He, you gotta lay off of Mike Roberts. Mm Mm-hmm. I do like when he says, you just like being on the outside looking in, don't you? Mm. And I, yes, I agree. I like that because I like that. This has gone on, you know, the way Hilo's behaved, the way he's had to stand up for Sharon and constantly being that one going against, essentially, the popular opinion and, and the current of what everybody is is thinking. He's always the the stick blocking everybody else and saying, no, 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 it's actually like this. That I I feel like a character needed to say that in this episode, mm-hmm. that people, that ha- they have that perception of him, of like, you're just always the guy. You are always the the contrarian. Um, when in truth, he's really just standing up for what he fucking believes for. Some lines I don't like from Ty is when he says, he says something along the lines of Mike Robert is a stand-up guy, a Capricorn, one of our own. Right. I don't love Which, that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're three, we're three and a half seasons in dude. Right. Now Ty's a racist. <laughs> or even just that, like we, you kind of forget that there are 12 colonies and they have all these differences in culture yeah, until like a, a new one shows up. You're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. That's like a, a thing. He's always um, been intolerant of civilians. Right. Which, which right. I really expected at the outset of this episode, right? They're annoying civilians and he's always been that way. Right. Right. But, an annoying, but, now, dirty but, but to civilian. be like, you know, he's one of us, you know, he's German. Like, I guess man, but <laughs> It's one of the finest colonies. <laughs> Capricans. <laughs> it's just goofy. Silly. A little, yeah. silly. A little silly. I mean, that's what happens when you got, you know, you only got 40 minutes to put all this in there. You got to just kind of add. Yeah, every now and then there's going to be a little bit of a one-dimensional line from a character who's, who's better than that. <laughs> yeah. Farting and seeing me while you snuggle up with your girlfriend and that gets him the punch. <laughs> gets him the old dick. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And this is when we find out that poor baby Hera has gotten sick. Indeed. Indeed. And um, Shannon reports that Hera got sick and she was pulled off a cap. So that's pretty serious. She was pulling a combat air patrol and got yanked. They said, fucking land the plane. Your daughter's very ill. It's gnarly. Nobody thought to get Hilo? (laughs) Happened so fast that Hilo hadn't even been notified yet. And she comes down. And I love, I mean, this is... It, this could be a throwaway scene, but the way we go about it, again, the execution of it, I think is so excellent because we we now know that Hilo is truly alone in his, in this suspicion of the doctor, that nobody else is on his side. Nobody else really even suspects him other than the Sagittarians. Uh, and he's the, the lone soldier looking at the truth, and he's not still 100% sure of it yet, but he's mm-hmm. just growing and growing in suspicion. And now his own fucking baby daughter is going to need treatment. And he, when he, I love when he walks over there, he's like, I, I don't know if she needs that. Like, uh, and wait, Sharon presses it and he's just kind of stuck. 
you're stuck. You're so, I mean, dude, like that, the tension there of like, I can't, what can I say? I have no argument against this. Like, what are you going to say to your fucking wife? Like, ah, don't give our child the, the necessary medication because I, I don't know if this guy's a murderer yet. Like, you can't say any of this shit out loud. Yeah, he's, he's kind of sure. That's the, that's why it's like the perfect, and it's well structured because it's the perfect time in the episode to dump this on us to where he can't just outright say, no, fucking take the baby out of here, go see Coddle. Right, right, right. Exactly it. Like you can't air that yet. Because again, the other thing I like about this, they balance the fact that he is the man in charge down here and he's still trying to just keep basic order. Mm-hmm. Like you, you you, could not have him with his own child in front of all these Sagittarians go, no, 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 don't give her medication. I think that's dangerous. Sure. Like, geez, now you have a real ride on your hand where all the Sagittarians go, oh, what the fuck are you giving to us? And we've had multiple people die. What the fuck? And everybody loses their shit. Yep. And I'm like, that's a tough spot. Tough spot for him. Robert gives the uh, bracelet back to Hilo to give to Miss King. And um, if you thought Dr. Robert was dangerous, why let him treat your son? You said you were warned, Hilo asks. She says, I couldn't believe anyone would have that much hate inside of them. Hilo tries to press this a little bit, and she says she's done talking. Talking isn't going to bring Willie back. I think you should leave now. Hilo leaves. I thought that this may have been a little bit of a a little bit of a wiggle out for the writer. Mm, how do you mean? Like I wanted more from her versus like, I just don't want to talk about it. Like uh, what, what, yeah. what makes you think so? How can you tell? Like help right. me if you want to help other people that are in danger here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get with the angle they're, they're going for as far as like the Sagittarians trust in them is just totally eroded. Like we don't want to fucking talk to you people anymore. We don't trust you. I guess that makes and sense. Like, yep. And I'm like, I get that. But no, I mean, I actually did kind of have the first, like your feeling about it of, of I don't want to talk more. I'm like, why like press her, press her for some evidence. Like and, uh, and, you got to build a case. Yep. And maybe she's not quite ready to super trust Hilo yet. Although she does later because yeah. she comes to the quarters and maybe yeah, that's what indeed. this moment's about. But later in his quarters, Hilo stresses to Sharon and this is a great scene. I love this. I love this fucking scene. It's such a, a realistic stressor. And honestly, we've, I mean, I don't remember seeing, Hilo ever get frustrated and, and kind of lose it a little bit with Sharon. This is this is Correct. a first in my memory. Correct. And and I like honestly how patient she is with him on this, kind of knowing like, yeah, he's in a fucking yeah, super she, shitty spot. For sure. She has you you know, this happens. You have to support sometimes. And she's just like, I guess I'm gonna support you today. <laughs> you yes. I love that you can basically see her come to that conclusion where she's like, Correct. well, you just okay like i i see where you're coming from and there's a why argue you're in a shit spot i'm just gonna fucking back you up on this a little yep i keep ending up on the wrong side of everything he says you know maybe ty's right maybe i want it that way what if i'm flying a desk not because i'm good at it because i'm not the right guy for the job because it's the right punishment for the guy who crosses the line and everybody knows it maybe i belong in dogsville so that whole kind of rant is what right. made me think, you know, maybe he's overblowing everyone's perception of this whole thing. That's kind of where I was like, well, that'd be kind of an interesting way to do it. It's just, it's a little too cute, but. Right, right. But no, I mean, I, again, I, I think that's part of the excellent execution of this episode is that it's not like you find out the doctor's villainous and it's just us rooting for Hilo to, to, to spread that truth. You're still not totally sure. You're, you, you have that moment of thinking like, well, is this kind of like what you said at the top of the episode? Is this Hilo falling kind of victim to what he thinks everyone else thinks of him and, right. and kind of getting paranoid about it? Well, that's, in, just, that's, 
Cool. What's good about the conflict with Hilo is that it's been established for three seasons, which is that he's at odds with people over something, and he's at odds with people over something again, and he's starting to wonder if it's him. Yeah. That is very much an earned conflict at this point. Much, very much an earned internal conflict. Totally, totally. And that's, I mean, honestly, I, I, I just like too that a person's self doubt uh, is is a part of like the dramatic tension because that that you don't see that very much. Where it's like, is this just me? Like, is, mm-hmm. like that kind of self reflection. Like, I like seeing that in Hilo, where you're going, well, fuck, is this me? Like, I need to think about that. To, and to be perfectly frank, it's not something you really see. Yeah, in really. Battlestar Galactica. Now you'll have you'll have Adama reconsider a decision after hearing Rosalind's counsel and coming around on an episode. That's but that's about a specific thing that they're discussing, not about an indictment on your own personality. Right, right. It's like very you, rare for for us to see a character in Battlestar Galactica really sort of start to wonder if they are the problem. Now. We see a lot with with um, with Kara. She's self destructive and kind of understands it and leans into it. Yeah, by pushing yeah. people like Anders away, we do see that way. But this is this is uh, almost a little bit different. This is almost like a revelation for him. Starbuck knows she's a fuck up. Like she she understands that about herself and she really leans into it. And it's part of what also makes her very great. Oh, yeah. and, and, and it's an interesting parallel if you think about it because one of the things that makes Starbucks, Starbuck great is this, this kind of sort of reckless, you know, viper jockey attitude. Right. And it's what makes her very good. And one of the things that makes Hilo sort of this almost steady moral compass is his unwillingness to sort of just allow what he believes is an injustice despite the rules. Uh, affect him. And that's one of the most intriguing things about Hilo. And one of the things I appreciate about him so much on this rewatch I'm doing with you is that right there is that he doesn't mind putting himself at odds by pursuing what he believes is the right course of action. Um, It's, it's almost like um, it's like taking a member. It'd be like taking a member of the next generation crew and inserting them onto the Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Like, because, you know, they're always trying to make the right moral choice despite like, like Picard is a perfect example of that. He's always like, well, damn, damn, whatever. Like the principle of the matter is, is what it is. It's not about comfort or convenience. It's we're going to do the right thing. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, and it's and I just cool. I fucking cool. respect that about him. Me too. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's really helped me like Hilo a lot over time, especially understanding. I mean, this guy, I mean, talk about Chernobyl. This guy was on Caprica for how long? <laughs> That's what I've been harping on for so long. I'm like, can we get a win for Hilo? Fuck. Like it's I mean, and in truth at this point there have been some wins. Like they have they have made it real far. But God, I, anytime there's a, there's something bad in Hilo's path, I feel it so much worse than I feel it for somebody like Apollo or or you know Gaeta. I'm just like fuck. This dude has suffered so much, so much. Him yeah. and fucking Sharon. So he's going to challenge you, and that's what I like about Hilo. He's he's going to force you to to not be lazy in your morality. That's it. He's not that's always it. right, but he he does he does stick to what he believes is right. That's true. I yeah. And I mean, say. and he will just fucking, he will put himself on the line sure. for it too. That's sure. the real difference with Hilo. 
And and I mean, and we other characters have shown that at times as well. But I feel like Hilo is the most consistent. Like I will run headlong into my own personal physical danger to to do the right thing. And and the difference between Hilo and somebody like Adama is Adama will make a choice that is very difficult and it attempts to maximize what's best for the fleet. Although sometimes for the individual, as we saw with his uh, rescue attempts with with Kara after she landed on the planet. But yeah. um, but a lot of times it's not like people are going, oh, I don't ugh. like it. Like with with Hilo, it's almost a a feeling of we. F- think about you differently because of this choice because of the whole Cylon thing, right? Yeah. They didn't yeah. see them the way he did. And he said, Oh, we're just abandoning our print. We're, we're a lot of healer stuff is, Oh, we're abandoning our principle simply because this thing is not a human. Therefore it doesn't have the same rights as we do. That's kind of what you're saying. Is that what we are? And that was always like his sticking point and my child and you take my kid away. And there's a lot of like personal stuff with Hilo like that. Right. Pretty right. cool. But um, he does a little digging, doesn't he? And he finds some interesting things. Yes, and boy, this does. battle with Coddle is annoying. <laughs> and Coddle's just being a fucking old stick in the mud about this shit. Just, I'm not, he literally says, I'm not going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> Unacceptable. Why? Unacceptable. Yeah, no, fuck, you are going to listen. You don't have to believe me, but you're going to fucking listen and weigh it. Unacceptable. I mean, and he lays out, I mean, we see him going through these, these medical records and these files. And even on New Caprica, when, uh, when Dr. Robert was down there, which is actually one of the, the arrows in the quiver of fucking uh, Ty, when he's saying, like, oh, he helped the resistance. He was active with us. He was fighting the fucking enemy. Uh, he, we should just trust him full tilt because of that. But while he was on New Caprica, 90% of his patients who were Sagittarian fucking died unacceptable 90 percent. that's insane and, and, and coddle tries to correlate that number to them refusing the care right i could understand if you now because because if we think of if we take all emotion out of this and we just say here's an interesting statistic 90 percent of these people that were seen by this doctor died and then we said oh by the way these people do not believe in medicine then you would probably conclude that those people didn't follow the directions of the physician and take the medicine they were supposed to because of religious reasons, right? Right. I mean, that's not unreasonable for Coddle to think if you take it in a vacuum. No, that's true. Yeah. Right? That's why it's, it is, it's frustrating, but it's also like we're not doing this, but it, it's almost like, is it Hilo? And that's what bothers me about this. If this was Lee or Ty or, or, or Bill, would, he get, would Coddle offer the same pushback? Mm, yeah like does Hilo have a reputation that's what Hilo's that's one of the questions that that, that's being asked by the episode exactly that are are they reacting to what Hilo's presenting them or are they reacting to Hilo making Mm. accusations again correct that's it that's the heart of it yeah and instead of giving up that battle he pushes on because I what I love about this scene and especially the way you know because it, it essentially ends with Cottle being like Oh, no, we already did an autopsy on Willie King's body, and he had bitamucin in his system, and he died of melorex sickness. That's fucking it. We're done. Like, I'm not doing anything else. Get out of here. I'm going to have you locked up. And Hilo walks out. But even the way it's shot, like, the camera lingers over Cottle. We come Mm. back over to his desk. He lights up a cigarette. He's frustrated that he even had to have this talk. And we kind of linger on him for a minute. And what I love about that, that you realize at the end of the episode— 
even though he didn't get through to him, Hilo planted that seed of doubt Correct. in his mind of, well, uh, fuck, let me just look at it one more time. Let me just, let me go ahead and test his blood. Let me go a little bit further. Right. Because you see, I mean, at the end of the day, the conviction you see out of Hilo, you're like, fuck, you are really, this is not just some you know, offhanded, oh, I kind of think this thing. Like, no, you you are really concerned about this. You have you have you have snuck into my office and dug through medical records to try and find evidence. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. Yep. And pure numbers aside, he he has these basic things like guy goes in for a cough, dies of heart failure. Like, what the fuck is that about? Right. And that's and it's not just about the raw percentage numbers, but it's enough to where it, it has caught all thinking. But this this gets back to you know, there's so much I love about this with Hilo and all this stuff in the way that she's seen it shot. But it's almost like if we pull a camera back a little bit and we just say, isn't the crew supposed to sort of like work together and support each other and trust their <laughs> officers and go, well, what, well, you do have some pretty alarming statistics here. And right. And instead of right. just automatically siding with a civilian doctor, dude, I was just about to say that that's something that it had just kind of dawned on me again, as we're talking about, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. The other crazy part about this being a, you know, they're trying to draw this line between civilian and military. I'm like, He's military. He's your guy. Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you at least have a little more just basic, like, well, okay, we trust our own people right. in uniform. Like, fuck. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But Miss King sees that Duwala has come down to Dr. Robert very sick. Mm. And I think, I think also, correct me if I'm wrong here, doesn't, isn't Miss King already aware of the fact that Duwala is also Sagittarian? Or no? I it, does Miss King know that? Yes, because because she she tries to play peacemaker earlier. She should be down there the whole time. She should be assigned to Hilo for this task. Dude, fucking A, seriously. Yeah, you are a Sagittarian liaison. Get on down here. Yes. Seriously, yes. though. <laughs> Sagittarian cultural officer liaison, like they give her some crazy <laughs> fucking title. Yeah. But, um... So at night, Hilo has a knock on his quarter's door. He answers the pistol. I mean... Fuck, blame dude. Don't blame him. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that really sucks. It but I sucks, definitely dude. Get it. You are on the Galactica, and surrounded to, by by your other brothers and sisters in arms, and, and, and you still got to answer the door of fucking peace. God damn, dude. Like, yikes. Well, anyway, uh, it's Miss King, and she says, "Do you want to the doctor? Then she's mm-hmm. in danger, and that two more died. So yeah, she definitely knows. Oh yeah. Uh, she pleads with Hilo to do something. Hilo gets stressed. And this is pretty, pretty intense out of Sharon. Yeah. Let's man. talk about it. Ah, it's so good. She, you know, she's trying to just, again, like, why are we taking on more heat? <laughs> us, mm-hmm. us two people on the ship. Why are we taking more fucking heat? Like, you're going to go down there. You're going to do this. And she again reminds Doesn't she that, have like, a husband? What's that? Doesn't she have a husband, she says? Right, right. And And to be honest, I actually do like the the point that Hilo makes where he's like, you know, maybe you want to sit this out because for once the big public conversation, the thing everybody's concerned about is not that you're a Cylon. Mm-hmm. And like and, and she's like, shut the frack up. And I, as much as I don't think he's entirely wrong, I also don't blame her for reacting the way she Sure, does. it's a low blow, but I get it. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. for, to, to give her a little bit of help on this, it, you know, she says she'll take her meds, she'll be fine because that's her experience with her own daughter. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's the Sagittarian numbers, though. That's the problem. That's, yeah, that's the real fucky. Real fucky part. Uh, 
but yeah, no, she, I, I just really like her, her hammering home again that like, yeah, I know you have to, to wear the difficulty and, and prove yourself as far as being the guy married to a Cylon, but I'm the fucking Cylon. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to work hard every day to remind them that, yeah, I'm still on your side every day. Yeah. And this, She's, you're not helping. And, and even she says they're dying because they're not taking the medication. Yeah. Like, I understand that you think that, honey, but do you think I'm an idiot? I'm down there every single day. Do you not mm-hmm. trust that I'm spotting a weird pattern here? It's true. You know, true. Uh, like I get where she's coming from because from, from a high level, that's what she sees, right? That's what she knows historically. That's their issue. Right. And like, like uh, it makes sense. And I mean, again, it makes sense even as much that she is kind of reflecting the public opinion. Like she she's is. like, for once, I kind of see where the rest of them are coming from. They're not against one. They're not against me on this issue. And I kind of see their point on this issue that this is the, this is the, the culture of people who refuse medicine. So them dying from an illness is not terribly shocking. But um, I but, love and trust you. You're a great officer. And you right. really believe this. Exactly. And every hunch you've ever had has been great because it's really helped my fucking ass. My <laughs> Cylon ass. It is true. Right? It, so this is what I was saying earlier when I was leaning into the whole idea of sometimes the, the easy path is the less moral path. And I feel like she's kind of flirting with that. I agree. I agree. I mean, and I feel I, like and that's not to say she's bad on. and evil and blah, blah, blah. No. We've all done it. But I, I feel like she's saying like, just come to bed, man. Like, Relax, be happy, let it go. Yeah, this it's, is, it's fine. This is one of those conflicts that is one of my favorite kind of Me conflicts of, of the show because they're not, I, neither of them are completely wrong. I mean, obviously we find out by the end of this episode that yes, Hilo is factually straight up correct. Like his, his suspicion is proven right. But other people, I think you've made a really good point as far as like Sharon, <laughs> you're, you, have, you have a much more, closer seat to to Hilo and you should trust him a little bit more than the rest of the ship does but at the same time that public opinion of well is this totally unexpected is this as, as big of a scandal as you seem to be making it out to be right that's not an outlandish thought to have um Indeed. and it's like yeah you, you can see the reasoning right and boy he says he's a racist son of a bitch that's killing people and he he, he straps on a weapon belt and he goes it's down there. And Duala looks and fucking rough. Ashen. Yeah. And dude, at that moment where he thinks she's just already dead. Brutal. Jesus. Oh, such a good performance again. And Robert shows it. up to try to stop Hilo from taking her. It doesn't work. Hilo insists. Things get intense. Coddle shows up. Marines intervene. Ty shows up. Chaos is, a, is, is, is erupting down oh, in this man. camp where they have concentrated these people. <laughs> oh dude and i i love the fact that i mean we have the the way it's shot we have fucking mm. hilo having to punch marines and shove off dudes who are trying to to take him away even even duala herself is like just let me sleep just let me be here and he's like no like we can't i, I can't let you just you know sub you know subdue into dot dying basically is mm-hmm. what he's worried about and he's he is so willing to fucking put himself on the line right here in this moment and all at the same time we're watching ty and coddle and more marines come down the hall and you're like dude fucking Hilo is fucked 
Like, I actually, there was a part of me that really started to wonder if this was going to be a two-part episode. And I was like, shit, is he looking to be in the fucking can after this? Like, is this, is this going to be a problem that he's going to have to still <laughs> further fucking prove his way out of? Like, is more evidence going to have to come to light? I really thought that with them coming down the hall. And thank God, finally, Cottle has seen the light. Indeed. Um, I love the way Bruce Davison plays this moment. Even, even with this threat of violence, this chaos erupting, this utter breakout in, in violence and this accusation from Hilo. I mean, all of the passion in the world about the whole thing. He is just like, I don't know what kind of crusade you're on. And it's funny because this is some real sociopath shit. Dude, seriously. He, he is a sociopathic doctor who yeah. is really believing like, I'm doing the right thing here. This makes sense. I believe in what I'm doing. I don't feel bad about it at all. No guilt, none. None. He believes he's helping the fleet. And he doesn't really want to get into, he probably feels, Matthew, he doesn't need to explain himself to anybody. Right. (laughs) When when he's asked about killing these people, he'd probably be like, what do you mean? I'm containing the problem. Killing, what? Like that's some true like American psycho shit. Oh yeah. He's like, they're not people, what? They're Sagittarius. They're not, it's not weird people. This is their thing. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. he's flabbergasted. Right. Which is why, <laughs> which is why he's so good. That's why Bruce Davison does this so well. This character is that yeah. there? You're killing them. I know why you're doing waste, it. Why waste time and resources on them when we could save them for the people who really deserve it? His <laughs> straight up words. Yeah, that's 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 a god complex, man. That's, that's megalomania, cool. doctor shit. Exactly. It's that movie Malice with Alec Baldwin. Ooh, I haven't seen that. It's a it's a cheesy '90s movie, but he's a doctor, and it's got that famous. Um, let me see if I can find it. Malice speech Baldwin, because it's it, it's really relevant to this. Um, Remember what you used to say, Saul? Aside from a Cylon, is there anything that you hate more than a Sagittarius? <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, he's got a god complex. Oh wow, they wrote about it on. Let's see. You ask me if I have a God complex, Baldwin sneers. Let me tell you something. I am God. He says that in court. Shit. Wow. You might as well just go ahead and play. I I am guilty, actually. (laughs) I'm wicked guilty. Um, He says, I have an MD from Harvard. I'm board certified in cardiothoracic medicine and trauma surgery. I've been awarded citations from seven different medical boards in New England. I am never, ever sick at sea. So I ask you, when someone goes into that chapel and they fall on their knees and they pray to God where their wife doesn't miscarry or their daughter doesn't need bleed to death or that their mother doesn't suffer acute neural trauma from post-operative shock, who do you think they're praying to? Now go ahead and read your Bible, Dennis, and you go to your church and with any luck, you might win the annual raffle. But if you're looking for God, he was in operating room number two on November 17th and he doesn't like to be second guessed. You ask me if I have a God complex, let me tell you something. I am God. Damn. Right? <laughs> yep. That's that, this guy. That's this guy, dude. That's this fucking it guy. It really is, except less verbose. Right. And I mean, and essentially making the choice of like, the, I am doing the right thing for care by trimming off the elements who I think need it less. That's it. What? Mm-hmm. Like he, he just sees it in that like straight up black and white way of like, well, they don't deserve it because they How say they don't want it. So their lives don't matter you? as much. Period. How dare you question me? <laughs> that's, the, that's the narcissist sociopath shit. How 
dare you question me? I mm-hmm. know. You don't know. Courts, what do they know? I know. That's what he is. So intense, man. <laughs> Fucking shithead. Mikado lays into him. Yeah. Reveals mm-hmm. that, yeah, not only was there not mucin in this guy's system, that you actually straight up poisoned him. And it's just like, it's a tough disease. I saved your daughter. I don't want her help. Like he, he's mm-hmm. insistent that, that he's doing the right thing here. And he's not wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets it. I mean, he really gets it. <laughs> uh, well. Also, Ty does the most awesome thing here. He lets Hilo arrest him. Dude, so good. What yeah. a good move Rest by Ty. Fucking good. Mog him up, Hilo. This civilian crap. <laughs> I love how he's a gag him if you have to. Yeah. My pleasure. <laughs> yep. Oh, and, dude. And so, I, another one of the like, you could you could say that it's like, again, with the whole racism thing, it's like a little on the nose, but I actually do like it. It was where he's like, I didn't harm her as he's being, you know, called yeah. out. And when he points to Duwala and he goes, yeah, because she's one of the good ones. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you make a, you make an exception here and there. You you have these ones you put on a pedestal. Now, they're not like other Sagittarius. Well, like she, that she, whole bullshit. Be, because she doesn't follow the religion, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, exactly. Like, well, he doesn't wear the turban. He he goes <laughs> he to, the, to live. And he have doesn't rights. wear a turban. He goes to the staff meetings. He <laughs> ate a taco the other day. I'm not talking about him. Exactly. I'm talking about the guy that drives a cab. That's a little angry. <laughs> it's fucking the same shit. But anyway, um, time to go do your victory laps, bro. Dude, fucking and a. Run right by Adama's office because he owes you a big fat kiss on the ass. <laughs> Sir, you wanted to see me? Oh, hold on, sir. Just a second. Let me just drop trowel. Mm-hmm. And his apology is not bad. I wanted a little more. <laughs> he uh, says, there's hate and there's allowing hate. We're guilty of both. Somewhere we got lost. You being the lone voice in the wilderness, we're bound to stay that way for a while. This is my ship and I owe you an apology. Yeah, about that lone voice in the wilderness, we were bound to stay there for a while. Let's go ahead and change that behavior around here, sir. <laughs> right? Fucking A. <laughs> When somebody's ringing an alarm bell, you don't go, ah, they're probably just playing. <laughs> no, at least take a listen. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. wanted to hear an apology from Sharon, but the kiss was enough. Yeah, no, the kiss was good. Kiss and, was uh, good. I mean, I'm just, dude, to, to see a fucking episode in with so Hilo good. fully, fully vindicated and gets to just walk home and kiss his beautiful Cylon wife holding their baby. All of shit that I was like, dude, no, there's no way. No, none of this is ever going to happen. Hilo's going to die alone. It's going to be a fucking horrible tragedy. Poor fucking Hilo. Never gets a break. Ah, it's just so satisfying, man. So it's very satisfying. satisfying. Ah, good stuff. Good episode, Matthew. Damn good episode. Yep. Next week, we're going to be doing a day in the life. Mm-hmm. But um, you have a listener comment you want to read. Boy, do we have some listener comments. Uh, I want to go ahead and just give a shout out to new uh, LSG Media Illuminati member, actually, as well. Anna Anna Berkovich. Big time. Anna Berkovich. Berkovich. Um, Love the fucking enthusiasm, Anna. I have read your comments. Um, But you did write about six tomes of comments, so I cannot read them all on the podcast. But I did want to highlight. Don't listen. Don't run the wheels off the car so soon. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta get you gotta save some for time you gotta, you gotta still got a lot more episodes in here um but i do want to to read one of hers um and she said i just want to throw some thoughts out as i'm re-watching number one 
the shit we sometimes say. Adama, this is a civilian infection, Doc. Um, as opposed to say, need a list of civilian versus military infections here. People, <laughs> I'll classify syphilis as military. Everything else, go nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking seriously. Uh, number two, stopped a moment to consider their state of mind and affairs. A handful of survivors who had lost all they had in a nuclear holocaust that annihilated their world, then lost some more, including shreds of their humanity, on New Caprica, who are now facing what appears to be a deadly epidemic. That pyramid game, a squeeze of normality with the changes in Gaeta and Chief already beginning to show as they cling to the shadows of who they used to be. Fucking gut-wrenching stuff. Number three, Rosalind. Still kind of believing what she's doing is standing for the values of democracy while clearly spiraling down the rabbit hole, risking a violent uprising to satisfy moral revulsion. Zarek, always the pragmatist. And fight me on this. I admired the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. really good. You're not going to get any fight from us regarding him. Yeah, good old boy Zarek. Um, and then actually, again, from Anna, I wanted to at least try. I still, I still don't feel like I have... Oh, any like solid fucking answers to these, but she asked two very good questions actually about, uh, more, mostly about the prior episode. Number one provided, uh, oh, oh, talking about the fact that I picked Baltar as the possible, uh, five, well, one of the five final Cylons. Hmm. Uh, she said, so you picked Baltar. So I wonder, number one, provided your pick is correct and you see Baltar's face when the final five are revealed, are you relieved or disappointed? Ah, that's a hmm. really good question. And honestly, at this point, I think, I think I'm relieved <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> what? I like it. I laughed. Uh, I think I think I'm relieved because at, at the same time, like I don't, I'm still rooting for Baltar enough where I'm like, I don't want him to just be fucking destroyed. And I feel like at this point, his only salvation is being a Cylon. <laughs> it's like his only fucking way out. That's right. Uh, I so I, mean, I think I would be relieved. Um, number two. She asked, it appears that in episode 13, Baltar feels like being a Cylon would absolve him of his crimes and provide a certain uh, moral clarity, as it probably would to a point. Would you feel it consistent with his character arc and the writing of the show so far that he's absolved of being responsible for the things he or others believe he's guilty of on the account of being a Cylon? And to that one, I don't feel like I have a super solid answer, but one one part of it that's been rattling around in my brain is that I kind of have, it's not even fully formulated yet, but I'm slowly growing this theory about if Baltar is a Cylon, then he is some kind of Cylon experiment. And in a weird way, I think he's essentially Cylon Jesus, <laughs> who had to be brought, to brought back down into the depths with humanity and believe he is one of them and redeem himself. I like it. Uh, in the eyes of the Cylons. And I kind of, I kind of think it does it doesn't absolve him as a Cylon, but as a human being, kind of is <laughs> kind of what I'm saying right. that. All right. Yeah. So I don't yeah, I don't know if that's a satisfying answer, but that that's where my head is at with with Cylon and his possibility of him being a Baltar uh, possibility of him being wow, I'm really fucking butchering this. You've got my brain tied in knots, Anna. Um but as far as He's the too possibility, dumb to answer this, Anna. I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, but no, as far as the possibility of Baltar being a Cylon, that's where my head's at. Um, I would be relieved if he's a Cylon. That's that for sure, I can say. Got it. Well, there we um, go. Jay, so enough of the lowbrow stuff. Let's let's crank it right? up to some highbrow, uh, highfalutin, smart people stuff. <laughs> JD eBay, let's talk about the Beefcake Report. 
Fuck yeah, dude. So which one are we picking? We got seven choices, man. Shirtless Hilo struggling to sleep in his cabin. Mm. Hilo showing off his beefy armor as he gets inoculated. Hilo mm. in uniform striking the XO. Oh. Hilo showing off his glistening guns flipping through medical files for the truth behind these deaths. Mm. Shirtless Hilo hearing sounds outside of his cabin, gun in hand, protecting his hot silent wife and the kid. Nice. Hilo's glistening arms carrying uh, BSG Rihanna away to safety. Or Sharon and Caprica making eyes at each other in the brig. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is, mm, we are spoiled for choices. <laughs> I fucking love it. Dude, I, I'm not going to lie. For me, it's a dead heat between number three, Hilo in uniform striking the XO, or Hilo's glistening arms carrying BSG Rihanna to safety. Nice. Thems are hot. Thems are hot. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say number six. Fuck it. Carrying BSG Rihanna to safety. That's some hot shit. That's hot beef. I like it. You I'm going to say um, number four. Uh, excuse me, number five. Hilo is here, shirtless Hilo, hearing sounds outside of his cabin, gun in hand, protecting his hot silent wife and kid. Because that's nothing, what you do all the time, Dean. It's true. It's without the kid. But uh, that's some that's some <laughs> alpha shit, right? You're going to be safe. Gangster. You're going to be safe. Oh, it's just fine. a raccoon. We're fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Definitely put a hole through our trash can, though. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not saying pop off rounds, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, I'm gonna yeah. say Shirtless Hilo protecting his family with his gun, and you're going with carrying BSG Rihanna away to safety, which I very much approve of because I um, think I'm in love with D. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have yeah, we man. got here? I think we're good. I think we're fucking good, man. And I'm awesome. also, I feel tapped on this. I'm pumped that we're back at it. Um, yeah. So this recording is being done on July 8th, 2019. You guys will be hearing it on July 12th which is Friday when it releases. Um, we will be back at it in two weeks. On Monday, we'll be recording this, uh, the 22nd, probably not live, by the way. Uh, and we're going to be doing a day in the life. So you got a couple of weeks to watch a day in the life, get back in the swing of things. Listen, head over to our uh, little group on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash group slash LSG on BSG and follow us on social media. Of course, subscribe to us wherever you uh, consume your podcasts. Um, website, net, And I guess that is it. Matthew, would you like to say goodbye to these people? Farewell. Farewell.